Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. If you hear some background noise, it's because we are live from Arizona at the B2B Marketing Exchange. And I am sitting here with none other than Kate Sendrick Federer. Would you like some music? Do you have some music that we can insert right here? I don't. I don't have a walk-in song that I need today. We're going to work on that. We should. We have cleared up one thing, though, already, because Scott and I talked about it on our episode that you had a little branding problem, because we called you Kate Federer, but you're Kate Sendrick, and it really... I got married. Many women do this. It's not hard, guys. Should we talk about that, about giving up the last name? Because the only reason you've kept your names together is because you said that CenturyLink would have a tough time (laughs) changing your email Email address. I don't know if that's a good reason, but what do you like to go by? Kate. Kate. She just Kate. There you go. Nailed it. Well, welcome back. I'm like Cher. Just one name. One name. Well, welcome back, Kate. Thank you. A.K.A. Cher. It's been 100 episodes since we've chatted. It has not only been 100 episodes, because you were on episode number Two. two of Demand Gen Radio, which thank you. Um, my mom enjoyed listening to our episode. <laughs> I was probably the only person I that th- listened. I think so. We've, we've my mom didn't. She didn't? <laughs> no. Oh, she would have been proud of you. She would, but she doesn't, she always says, like, what do you do? What, what's your job? You do marketing, right? Sure, mom. Yeah. Let's just go with that. Uh, you know what? We're going to dedicate this episode to your mom <laughs> oh, and we're going to talk about what you do and what you've been doing the past we realized that even though this is the 100th episode and I do it weekly now, I started off a little bit slower. So yes. that first episode, that second episode that we did together, we figured out was almost two and a half years ago, which is crazy. A lot of time gone by. A lot of, lot of changes. Let's talk about that. So what has been going on the past, let's call it just year plus, because who can remember way back then? But you guys have been busy, the as you always episodes. are. We are busy. We're, we are always busy. We are in the point right now, um, we've gone through mergers and acquisitions, I think, daily it feels like sometimes and, and some really big ones so some a couple billion dollar mergers and and things like that so we're in a consolidation phase you know you see that martech the brinker martech slide and it has all those vendors and i remember thinking 100 episodes ago i need one of every one of those now i'm like how many of those can i kill how many can i get rid of so we're actually shrinking our martech stack and really figuring out how to get the most out of everybody that we're using. So let's talk about that mm-hmm. and let's talk about these mergers and acquisitions because yeah. I was very involved. Well, my way of being involved, which was like I was worried. I was concerned. I came out to Colorado. Mm-hmm. You guys bought Level 3 Communication. Yes. They had a different marketing automation system. You guys were using and have been using Marketo and they were using Eloqua. And you guys had to go through a decision around which platform should we move forward with. Mm-hmm. You already knew the answer to that. Uh, I mean, I may have influenced the decision, but yes. What what advice would you give to someone who is either evaluating two of the leading platforms or three of the leading mm-hmm. platforms or is in the situation you were in, which is you've acquired a company, they use something else, what do you do? If you're evaluating the two platforms, like you're getting married. Like really evaluate this because you know, just like I evaluated my husband, you know, all his pros and cons, but um, really evaluate what you're getting into because 
when it comes to evaluating after a merger, how sticky is each system is a key question. How much is it going to cost us to rip out this Marketo instance or rip out this Eloqua instance? Both of them are going to cost us a lot of money to rip out. Which one is less embedded, if you will? Mm -hmm. That becomes a key factor because that's going to be easier for us to rip out. But once you've got one in there, I mean, you have to really want to change in order to make a change because it's going to cost you thousands of tens of thousands of dollars, months and months of work, tons of labor and frankly pain and agony on your team to do. So evaluate it up front. Make sure you like who you're getting into bed with. Always good advice. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Always good advice. We'll leave that point right there. What, um, if you can remember back to when you were evaluating your first marketing automation system, mm -hmm. and believe it or not, right, there's tens of thousands of companies, if not hundreds of thousands, that don't have a marketing automation system. If you knew then what you know now, what would you look, because all the demos always look great, right? Mm -hmm. The demos are impressive. The sales reps, you know, do their best to answer your questions. But how do you evaluate the right marketing automation system? For us, honest to God, Eloqua and Marketo are fairly similar. They both do about the same thing for us. Whichever one we went with would have been a good decision. It was who did we feel most comfortable with? Who did we want to work with? Who had the innovation? Who had the partners in the partner exchange? And who had other companies willing to come in and work with them? That was really big for us. You know, people will compare Eloqua and Marketo, and if somebody will listen to this podcast and say, but Kate, Eloqua can do report 49B, and Marketo can't do that. Okay, but can I work around that? Can I get past it? If you gave me any marketing automation solution, there's very little I can't make work. You know, who are you most comfortable with? If you're looking at the big boys, is really, really important. Mm -hmm. How much are they putting into it? What would you think uh, when Adobe, since you're on Marketo and, yeah. and you've, you know, put your entire uh, marketing technology framework into Marketo, right? Not just marketing automation, not just CRM, but all the tools that you mm -hmm. use, which you said, we're going to come back to, you're whittling down. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you think of the Adobe acquisition? Because it said, you know, it's not just the tool, but the company behind that. We're excited about it because we're an AEM shop. So we're also an Adobe customer. So for us, it's how fast and how well are they going to get integrated with each other? Because to us, data is king. Mm -hmm. And how can I get data to flow from one point to another point? That is the most important question we ask every single day. How can I get data? Because I can't do anything without data. So the more integrated that Adobe and Marketo get, the better off we're going to be. You use AEM, which if anyone doesn't know that acronym, it is the Adobe Experience Manager. It is their CMS, one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful CMSs out there. Mm -hmm. It's in incredibly powerful from not only a architecture perspective, but the design tools are second to none. Yes. Uh, how long have you guys had it? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> and it, that's run by the web ops team? It is run by web ops. So I handle everything. So for people who don't know me who are on this podcast, what I handle... What do you do? What do I do? I handle all of our marketing automation, our marketing tools, and our marketing execution. So... I handle Marketo, everything that plugs into Marketo, and everything that works in Marketo. What did you do before then? I don't mean at CenturyLink, but did what you do earlier in your career led to what you do now? 
No, and I feel like you're leading me down this question because you know I'm going to say that I used to work for Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus, and NASCAR. One of my favorite <laughs> movies of what it wasn't last year, the year before, the year we did our first podcast was was the PT Barnum. Uh, greatest movies. Showman. Yeah, Greatest Showman. Loved it. Yeah, I used to work for the circus, so no, nothing has led me to you, this. You don't feel like you work in a circus now? I do work <laughs> in a circus. I lead the circus. I'm the ringmaster of a circus, but. Um, I think I started in this seven years ago, something like that. Marketing automation, nobody knew what marketing automation was. People were like, ooh, there's a way to send emails. You know, I, I like to say often during talks, 15 years ago, having a Razor flip phone in pink, you were like really cool. Now... If you had a, if you if you busted out your razor flip phone here, I'd be you like, ooh, you wouldn't be impressed. Questioning, <laughs> questioning your life judgment. Well, um, so you didn't come necessarily from Martech and marketing, and but yet you love it, and you are um, every year up for awards. You're here. I, at I would say, I would say, I didn't come from it because there wasn't it. Yeah. When I started. Yeah. It was one of those things that I stumbled into as a side gig. Yeah. It was, hey, you're doing traditional advertising, you're doing traditional marketing, and hey, can you also do this? And that also became way more important than the direct mail that I was doing. Do you like the science and technology side of marketing better than the art now that you've experienced both? I, I like them both. I have a degree in biology, um, which... It's perfect for what you do. Totally normal. Um, so I have a degree in biology, so I do like the science. I do like figuring it out and tinkering and figuring out how things work. Um, because to me, that's exciting. To me, it's how you figure out if you won or not. And I'm very competitive and I like to win. How do you know when you win? When our numbers go up. You know, I mean, it's very correlated to, to monetary revenue for us. Yeah. Everything we do, we can track and we can say, here's where we're at revenue-wise. Here's what improved. Here's what didn't improve. And that's always a good news story. And you, and you know firsthand that that actually, um, everybody hasn't arrived where you are from no. a data and metrics perspective. It didn't come overnight. You uh, certainly very passionate about it and mm -hmm. made sure because you know at the end of that, uh, if you can show the impact that you're having on the business, you can ideally get more budget and get more resources and at least answer your own questions of what's working and what's not. Am I happy? Am I sad? That's always the question. Yeah. Are you happy these days? How's, how's work? <laughs> how's work? work? Work's always busy. Uh, work, well, is, work is never stopping, it feels like, because everybody is so passionate about this space and everybody wants to do, do more, have less resources to do it and figure out how to do it better. Yeah. And that's what we try to do every single day. You talked about whittling down your stack, which yes. has been a big focus that you've been working with my team on the past, what, six months, year? Six, Long time. Yeah, six to nine months. It, start, it started really after Summit last year. It was an initiative, and you, I guess guys felt that less was more. Now, I'm a big fan of piloting new technology. Mm -hmm. I think you have to evaluate, mm -hmm. and you should negotiate like hell with the vendors to try pilots and get specific special terms for that. And you came to the conclusion uh, as part of the process that you guys need to sunset tools. Talk about that, because a lot of people certainly here at the conference and out there have been investing in tools, and some of them maybe haven't sunsetted the ones they should or consolidated. So how'd you go about the process? We started with one magic word, data. Data is king for us. So every it's a four letter word, it's, by the way. it's a four letter word. It's it's a magic word. It's it's the king for us. And if you've ever talked to Scott Burns, who I know you have, who is my boss, um, he loves data. I think it's his favorite topic and he can talk about it for days. Um, but it really is king for us. So if you if we can't get your data that was a quick evaluation. 
it was fast for us because we have to have data flowing in and out and to multiple sources and you can't have really truly like an account-based marketing solution unless you've got data going back back and forth both ways so that was our first evaluation redundancy was another evaluation so do you do something that somebody else can do? Right. Marketo and Eloqua, as you said, was a key example. Okay, I don't need both. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both nice. They both throw nice conferences in Vegas, but I don't need both. So that was a simple redundancy. Sometimes it's, hey, nobody's using this. Yeah. That's where we started with the easy fat that we could trim. Mm-hmm. If, if there are six sellers of my 2,000 sellers using one platform, I don't need it. I can figure out how to build the capabilities in existing platforms or tell them, I'm sorry, we just don't do that anymore. When you did the um, shrinkage of your stack, um, because some people, especially some of the analysts and research people were saying, people are spending less on MarTech. Mm -hmm. And I have not found that to be the case. What I found is that they are working down their working down their stack to get it more efficient and optimized, but the net expense for the year isn't necessarily less. I don't have a thousand companies that I've sampled to have this as valid research, but I'm curious in your case, was it let's cut costs and whittle our stack down and apply those funds somewhere else or get rid of the cost? Or was it let's optimize our stack and then decide what, if we save money, we will do with it? Was there, I guess, was there pressure to cut costs? I think it was both. Okay. There was, there's, there's always pressure to cut costs. You know, everybody always wants another ad dollar or another, you know, event to go to or something like that. And that's important to our sales team. So there's that pressure because if I can save a dollar, then they can spend a dollar. But then it was, how do we do it better? I don't have time or resources to handle as many people as I would need to do to execute a Marketo system and an Eloqua system. I just don't have those, that resource. So for us, those kind of cuts were easy. I mean, not easy. We, we, Eloqua is very nice. They're very nice people. We were very professional and it, we, 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 yeah, it's, it's tough to break up. Uh, no doubt about it. You just meant, it's not you, it's me. (laughs) It's not you, it's me. The people aspect, a lot of people, buy MarTech, buy sales tech. Let's start with MarTech. A sales tech, really the challenge there is adoption by sales and not necessarily having the resources. But in MarTech, you, you come to a conference like this. And in fact, if Kate and I look out over yonder, we can see at least probably 40 different vendors here mm-hmm. at the expo uh, of all different tools and technologies. When they show those tools to you, mm-hmm you now have enough experience to think, okay, who's going to own it? Who's going to be the administrator? Who's going to have responsibility for driving this uh, platform forward? The a answer lot, to that is always me. It's you. Is, is always me. But so. do you think people don't think about it when they see the tool? It's like, okay, I'll just get it. I'll integrate it. I'll put in some credentials and set it up and then it just runs. And it'll just, it'll just be fine. Um, we have cut MarTech in our cutting. I mean, it wasn't always duplication. It wasn't always cost. Sometimes it was... I don't have the expertise to give you what you need in order for this to be effective. We cut vendors, not because they were bad vendors, not because they were duplicated, not because they were very expensive, because I don't have a body to manage that. That was very important to me. I mean, we've come to these conferences and found vendors that we love Mm -hmm. and that we still have great relationships with. And we've tried in very small pilots and they've been successful and we continue on and life is good and we're all happy, 
you know, singing Kumbaya together. But if I don't have the physical body to, to put forth to something, it, it's wasted money and resources. And then the vendors are irritated because they want to engage with you really, really badly. It's not that I don't like you. It's that I have eight hours in my day or nine hours in my day or 10 hours in my day, depending on the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, I want to go home. I have a kid. I don't want to sit here at midnight trying to get your your tech piece to and work. you don't have unlimited funds for unlimited people on your team. I, I don't, nope, unfortunately. You are speaking here at the that. conference, correct? I'm not speaking at this conference. I'm speaking oh, at Summit. Adobe Summit. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I'm assuming... You're keynoting here today, though. I am in a, few, in a few hours. Thank you. Thank you for warming me up. I know. We uh, are live, so if anybody wants to come, Dave's speaking in a few hours. We're, we're technically Oh, are we live, live to tape? We're live to tape. Oh. The people that are listening to this right now, it's in the... It's in the future. We're in the past. So people in the future, I'm sure Dave can get you a recording of his keynote if you ask him for that it. That I can do. That Yeah. And I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I'll keep the suspense of what I'm sharing and I would love to get your feedback. Yeah. So please do that. What are you talking about at the Adobe Summit in Las Vegas? I am talking about ABM, account-based marketing tips and tricks. So it'll be me and Vivank and Mitch from Marketo, okay. who are the product guys on ABM. And it's really kind of asking questions about what are the questions people are asking about ABM? How do we deal with them, right, wrong, or indifferent? And then how can Marketo, how can you implement it? I always hate when you go into sessions and people talk very esoterically about the concept is great. And you're going, yeah, and you're jotting down all these notes. and. If you're like me, you sit next to your boss who's like, you got to do all that stuff. And you're going, I don't know how. This is really going to be, how do you do it? Not just Those are my favorite sessions. Yeah? Those are my favorite. I'm bringing the product guy with me, so he's got to show the product. The ABM product manager from Marketo? Oh, yeah. Nice. Hit him Uh, with the big questions. You guys implemented the ABM platform within the last year. uh, Mm -hmm. And how's it been going? ABM to us is not just implementing the Marketo platform. You really have to think holistically about ABM. And again, it comes back to that data. How do we not only connect Marketo and the Marketo platform and the Marketo ABM solution, how do we talk to our ad tech stack? How do we talk to our media placement agency? How do we talk to everything else that we've got going on? So that's really where we're at. Like I said, data is king. So getting data all into the same place and getting all, all the data to talk to each other. I, like everything, I think ABM is evolving and we're getting better at it every single day. Is so data dependent uh, for sure. Would you, if you put lead management over here, and when I say lead management, I mean scoring and nurturing and the demand funnel taxonomy yes. and ABM over here, which of those initiatives are more challenging do you find? I certainly have my answer, but my, my perspective, what, what do you think is, is tougher for an organization to ingest in ABM? strategy or a lead management strategy? I don't think you can separate them. ABM is simply how you're internally trying to address a market and how you're trying to talk to Home Depot. I'm just going to pick on them as an example. You know, pick a name, Home Depot. They're pretty big. They're orange. (laughs) How do you talk to Home Depot? That's your ABM strategy. But you still have to do all of that, those lead things. You still have to nurture them. You still have to advertise to them. You still have to you know, continuously reach out to them. You still have to have sales enablement around it. To me, ABM is simply a change in the taxonomy and a change in the strategy mentally Mm -hmm. 
And from there, how you do or how you serve up things in everything that you're already doing may be changing. Yeah. I kind of feel like I was leading the witness because I wanted you to make the point about that lead management is, is foundational, that you can't do ABM unless you put a lead management framework in place. You can't do account scoring unless you have lead scoring, right? Yep. You can't, um, if you don't know how to nurture and don't have nurtures going out to individuals, how could you nurture a segment or an account or, or an industry? Uh, so you're going to be at Adobe Summit. You're going to be giving a presentation there. On Thursday from 1 to 1.45. Is, is it at the Venetian? I think it's at the Wynn because I think Thursday's Marketo Day is at the Wynn. Well, you know, I really don't know, but I will find it. I will be there. I, all I'm saying is wear comfortable shoes to Summit because I think it's going to be a lot of walking. Are you up for another award this year? We don't know yet. Don't know yet. Okay. Revies have not come out yet. Um, oh, that's I, right. Submissions are still taking place. They're still... Please don't submit people in the future so that I win. Um, no. Please submit because um, we love to see everybody at, at Revy's and we love to see all the, frankly, cool things that we're not thinking of it yet. Is, it is cool. You know, marketing doesn't often get to go to club. At some companies, they get or people get invited. So we we, don't. we, get, we, we get, get to go to Vegas. <laughs> we get to go to Vegas and, and hope that we win an award. You and guys have won lots of awards there at Demand Gen. We, we have. We've won a lot with our clients, which is the most rewarding. I don't know if I've ever told you this or Greg's ever told you this, but our mission as a company is making marketing heroes. I've so, heard that tagline. So we talk internally about what that looks like. And when you guys win awards, that's a check mark for us that we're, we're at least doing the right thing. There you go. So I hope you win an award. Good luck to you. You have to submit. You have to play to win. And we've, we've played. You've, you've we've, played. We've put the 25 cents in the slot machine. I don't know. It's time to pull the lever and see what happens. Cool. Well, I look forward to seeing you there. You too. Will you come back around episode 200? Is this like a thing now? Like it's me Let's every 100 episodes or Why so? Not? I, sure. I'm happy to. I would love to have you back. I would love uh, when we get together for us to keep talking about your journey, the progress that you're making. And as you said, over the last year, mm -hmm. it's definitely been about less is more. Let's really hone in our stack and make iterative improvements in the things that we're doing as opposed to like whole scale pivots and changes to, to what's going on. I feel like we have to be good at what we can do with what we've got now. And then we can really start talking about, okay, here's something else we want to do. Here's something we don't have from a capability standpoint, but how do we get really good with what we've got and then, you know, walk out to the floor of 40 booths and say, hey, I'm looking for something new. Last question. Since we're yes. here at the show and yes. we said there are 30, 40, 50 vendors, I don't know. There's a lot. There is. Are you going to walk the floor and look at some tools and tech? Yeah, probably. I'll probably walk around a little bit later. When you do that, are you looking for tools or tech in a specific area tied to a certain initiative? Or is it like you're trolling through the mall and just seeing what catches your attention? I think it's more mall sh it's window shopping mm -hmm. it's it's window shopping and frankly it's window shopping for things that aren't rocket science to implement mm -hmm. and how can i test how can i find something that that can be a really little test we try really hard every year to do a little test you know take a little bit of bucket of money try with a little new piece of technology don't tell many people about it see what it does for us see if it works see if it you know explodes we found Conversica at a at a venue like this, and we tried them. Very little pilot, very little test. Great ROI. We keep going with it. They're a conversational AI platform. And you like it. We do like them. Very cool. Kate, thank you. Thank you. I will see you. Please get an upfront seat for the keynote, because I would love to have a familiar face. 
in the front row. Can I just rows. heckle from the front row? Sure. Like, get signs. Absolutely. Dave Lewis, <laughs> don't screw it up. I'll be your fan in Vegas if yeah, you be my on. fan uh, in an hour or so. <laughs> all right. Will do. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Kate, thank you for coming back, and thank you all for tuning in. I'm going to be here for the next couple of days, so expect a number of these interviews, but there is only one Kate Sendrick Federer. Episode 100 later. This better be episode 102. If not, somebody's getting renumbered. We'll we'll make it 102. (laughs) Somebody's getting renumbered. All right. All right. See you in 100 episodes. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.